Utah football officially locks in a top 25 class on National Signing Day as Utah basketball suffers a tough loss to the TCU Horned Frogs. We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we are nearing 800 subscribers. Can't thank you guys enough for all your support you've given to the channel. And if you, this is your first time listening to the show, please like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the YouTube comments as well as on social media. You can follow and hit me up at JT Wistersill or follow our channel at Locked On Utes on Twitter. On today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this Utah football recruiting class. I know we've been covering it a lot, but man, whenever you make history with your first ever top 25 class, the greatest recruiting class in Utah football history, that's that's what you're going to talk about is Utah football recruiting. And then a little bit later, we're going to touch on some Utah basketball too, as they suffered a tough loss in Vivint Arena tonight to the TCU Horned Frogs. But first, I want to tell you guys about the sponsor of this episode in Sling TV. This episode of Lockdown Utes is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss all the exciting bowl action this week on Sling TV, right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. Okay, so when looking at this Utah football class, I mean, it really is outstanding with Coach Whittingham and Morgan Scally, Andy Ludwig, everyone on the staff, the recruiting department, what they were able to put together and do and bring in and adding so much talent. And it's amazing, too, the impact on the, obviously the whole reason you go out and recruit guys is to bring them into your program and develop them and put out a really good product on the field in the future. And that's what Utah football has been able to do in the past with guys who have been lesser recruits. And now they're reaping the benefits because it's allowed them the opportunity to get these guys who are, have a perceived higher ceiling, right? We never know how a four star three star there's tons of five stars that even bust. It's always the recruiting can be difficult sometimes, but when you have higher recruiting classes, they, trying to succeed more. We've seen that just in the past. Look, there have been programs like Utah where they have succeeded with lesser recruits in the past, turning them, developing those guys and recruiting high character guys who buy in and work hard too. But I really think this recruiting class is a chance to be special because these are the guys, they're three, four, five, three, four, four stars. And obviously you're always chasing those five stars. You earn those rankings for a reason. It's because of that ceiling you have to get to. And I think Utah football was able to get a lot of these guys that I'm really excited to see get out there on the field overall. So once again, it's a top 25 class for Utah's 24 seven sports has them as 21 right now, overall above programs like Arkansas, Michigan state, UCLA, Mississippi state above Colorado still too. We know Dion's coming in hot, bringing in a little bit of talent, but Utah's able to shave them off too. Pac 12 as a whole too has six schools in the top 10, top 30. So very impressive numbers for the Pac 12 as a conference, but obviously we're focusing in on the Utes in this one, in this class overall, they had three offensive linemen. You know, you gotta be strong in the trenches three running backs if you're a running back why wouldn't you want to come play in this utah offense two wide receivers the quarterback as well in mac howard mac howard's a guy too i know me and brian had our draft yesterday about the guys we were most excited about mac was one of those guys i didn't get a chance to touch on a ton yesterday but he's a guy i'm excited to see what he's able to do i still feel like based on the way this quarter the quarterback situation is going to play out cam rising hasn't officially left yet i still feel like that's what's going to end up happening is cam declares for the nfl draft that nate johnson will be the starter next year but I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to keep an eye on Mac Howard because I think he can do some things with this Utah football program. So it's going to be fun and interesting to see what he can do. Also, the tight end in CJ Jacobson, who I'm also really excited about. Then you look on the defense. 
side of the ball. You get three defensive backs, three linebackers, and three defensive line. So a really balanced group for this Utah team on both on both sides of the ball. You bring in a lot of talent, and you're going to lose some talent too. This is a team that coming in this year returns 17 starters from last year's team. You lose your top corner, you're going to lose your top pass catcher. You might you're going to lose your top offensive lineman. You're probably going to lose your top quarterback. Technically, you lost your top two pass catchers, even though Brant didn't play for most of the season. Could lose top three as well as Devon from everything he said in the past still is indicating that he's more than likely going on to greener pastures. So couldn't come at a better time for this Utah football team as they have just repeated to try to keep that momentum and that success going with a high recruiting class like this. Some of these guys are going to serve missions first. So we won't see him for a couple of years. Some of these guys are going to be early enrollees like a Spencer Fonda, the highest rated player according to 24 seven in this class chance to come in as an offensive lineman. And you know, you never know. I, it's hard to start on the, as a tackle in your first year, but Look, maybe there's room for him on the interior, even with all of Utah starters returning on the interior. One thing we know about this Utah football team is they play the best guys. They don't really do the political game of, oh, well, you, you transferred in, so we'll give you and promise you a starting job. No, you have to come in, you have to work hard, and you have to win it. I think because of that, this Utah football team is able to have so much success because there is that competitiveness, and guys don't Guys can't just sit back and be like, well, I was promised a starting job when I came in. No, they have to come in and they have to work for it. Everyone's challenged when they come in. When Even if you're a big-time quarterback transfer coming in, we've seen a Charlie Brewer come in and he battled it out with Cam Rising for the starting job. And Cam Rising ended up being the better guy for that job, obviously, and then Charlie ended up moving on and had some success in other places. But it's what makes this Utah football program so strong is that competitiveness. So a couple other top takeaways I had from this outstanding recruiting class that Utah football was able to pull in. I mentioned how much I love just the well-roundedness of the class. You get elite players at every position. You get four stars all over the place, high level three stars too. And so excited to see what this staff is able to come in come and do with these players coming in, getting them in their building, putting them through their workouts, their training regimen, and seeing these guys who are obviously incredible athletes and and talents and have unbelievable work ethics to be able to get to this point and put themselves in a position to be recruited by all these schools. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for them. Another thing I love that Utah did in this recruiting class is they've done a lot, is they did two things in particular. They recruited extremely well in state, whether it's Halu, whether it's guys like Hunter Clegg. Clegg's the guy who's going to serve his mission first, but still going to be a big Halu well as well. So you get two Utah guys who won't be here right away, but then you get Spencer Fano too. And we know Smith Snowden, Kyle Whittingham talking today about how he expects Smith Snowden to kind of come in right away and could see him filling in at nickel corner a little bit in the future because that's a position that Utah's a little bit of light on depth right now. We know Sione Vaki's probably going to get a lot of those reps in the Pac-12, excuse me, in the Rose Bowl. But I think in the future of that position, I think it's, it sounds like a position they would love to see Sione kind of settle back in at the safety spot and give a chance in the interior in that kind of nickel corner spot for Smith's note. So it's going to be something that's interesting to watch, but outside of recruiting well in state, because there are so many, every state has talent, talented football players. So you have to, I think you have to be able to recruit your own state at a high level in order to be elite. And that's something Utah's done in the past. And they have absolutely knocked it out of the park this year with all the state, because this is where you get a leg up on. It's hard to convince guys who are, for example, the best high school States, the California's, the Texas's, the Florida's as well. Those are the three kind of, when it comes to high school football talent, those are kind of the three meccas, right? Those ones, you got to make sure it's going to, you're only going to be able to lure a couple guys away from those kind of programs. So you have to be able to make sure you can keep a lot of your own strong in-state talent in your house because you're missing out on so much if you can't recruit your own state strong because there are so many other programs that do recruit their state strong. So that means you're not going to be able to get the top guys from those other states. And I mentioned how well Utah recruited Utah, but they also were able to snag a couple of those other guys. Five guys from California, which I think is huge for this Utah football team, getting two from Texas and 
a couple others from Florida. You get two more from Florida too. So this Utah football team has historically recruited all those areas very well. They do it once again this time around. And it's one of the reasons they have this top 25 signing class, ranked 21 on 20, 21st on 24-7, looking as well at rivals. They rank 20th. Either way, it's a group that is loaded with talent all over the field, whether you want Skill position players that offer speed, strength, the ability to just make those kind of game-changing plays. Offensive linemen that can both protect the quarterback and pave lanes in the in the ground attack. Defensive linemen who can get after the quarterback as well as stuff the run. Linebackers with sideline-to-sideline quickness and elite tackling ability. And then defensive backs who are able to cover and make plays on the back end. Utah football group has got it all, and we know they have the coaches to be able to make it happen. And they have guys now, just to tie this one together, even higher ceilings, meaning this team could, these are the kind of players that could take this Utah football program to new heights. We all were talking about coming into the season. I shouldn't say everyone. I was certainly one of the ones leading the charge for it. A Pac-12, not just a Pac-12 championship, but a college football playoff berth. And these are the kind of players and the recruits you need in order to be able to make that transition, make that jump to put yourself into a program that's really at that level competing at it. You see you don't see a lot of teams that don't have this level of talent in that conversation, really, or if they do, it's kind of a flash in the pan. We know that Utah is not a flash in the pan when it comes to contending for conference championships because they just went back to back and they're going to have a chance to win their first Rose Bowl, too. So it's going to be something that's very interesting to watch for this Utah football program. And you got to be excited about the talent they officially locked in on National Signing Day. And speaking of National Signing Day, the next one that's going to roll around is in February. Kyle Whittingham did say that he doesn't expect a ton of action there. We know Utah's still involved in play with. Walker Lyons, so it's going to be an interesting situation to watch and see how all that plays out. But no matter how it shapes up, the 2023 recruiting class is already a massive success for this Utah football team. It's something they should be absolutely thrilled about. I know I'm thrilled about it. I'm sure you guys are thrilled about it too because there are so many great players in state, out of state, just straight up talent. That's what this Utah football team added and coming off the season they've had and what they've been able to do. All you can really do is be excited about. So it's going to be fun to see what they're able to do with it. And, you know, we've been breaking down a lot. These some of the players we've expected to sign with this Utah football team. But there were a couple surprises on National Signing Day, too. And we're going to have to get to one of those surprises in a moment. But first, before we do that, we've got to tell you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. Live your love of sports podcasts, your love of sports betting. You can find everything you need at Bet Online when it comes to sports gambling. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, come back into this one. Look, it was like, how could this Utah football class get any better? There's already so much talent they have coming into this one. It seemed like. Can the rich really get richer? And the answer to that is yes, they could, because Utah was able to add John Randall Jr., the 6'1 running back, out of Kansas, 181 pounds. And this is a guy who, as soon as you turn on the tape, you just notice he's a home run hitter. He is explosive. And that was something, you know, Jaquindon kind of started to emerge as that explosive back. We saw Tavion have a couple explosive runs on the season, but few and far between, as, as we know. I haven't watched all the games this season. But with, I think, John Randall is the kind of guy who can, I think, really, a junior can really offer that explosiveness for this Utah football team. And it's going to be a crowded running back room next year, even if Makai Bernard ends up going on and doing his own thing. It's going to be Jaquinta Jackson. It's going to be Jalen Glover. And after that, it's going to be a fight to see if there is a guy who gets the third most carries there. In the past, that Utah has kind of let three guys really run the backfield on the season. But Next year could just be a two-headed monster, depending on how the rest of the guys look. We know Jaquinton Jackson, the strides he's already made, and just the season transition to running back. I, 
I can't even tell you how excited I am to see him with a full offseason training, working as strictly a running back. The explosiveness is just going to continue to leap off the charts, and I, he's going to have a monster year next year. I know I'm not the first one to tell you that, to buy the Jaquindon Jackson running back stock, but I'm also going to tell you, yeah, you should buy the Jaquindon Jackson running back stock. But anyways, going back to John Randall Jr., he's a guy that, as I mentioned, that explosiveness, he's tough to long strides, that breakaway speed, good vision as well. I, I am really excited about this guy, and I think this is one that could play big dividends for this Utah football program a few years down the road. I mean, that's the theme with a lot of these guys too. We already talked about Haley. We talked about Clegg as well. These guys go on missions and you don't see them for a little bit. And Kyle Whittingham spoke to this too. A lot of these guys, their bodies change while they're, while they're on their mission. So they come back as totally different players. Um, sometimes you have guys committed and you think like, Oh, they're going to be playing safety for me. And then they come in and it's like, Oh, well they're better fit at linebacker now than, and based on how our roster is structured, we feel like we could use them more as a linebacker. It's always something interesting when it comes to this Utah football program is how you incorporate those return missionaries and, how their skill sets, how you can maximize their skill sets and also figure out, okay, how can they best help out our team too? Because these guys want, they want to win. You want, they want to develop and of course set themselves up for an opportunity to go to the next level too. I think the biggest reason you play college football is you love the game and you want to win. And that's what Utah football provides. And I think that's what these guys are excited to be a part of and have an opportunity to for all these guys who come in. So once again, just an outstanding day for the university of utah football program landing a signing class like this it's so great when you have all those guys signing and committing and that's all exciting too but then to celebrate it all at once when they're all officially signing on the dotted line that they are officially going to be utes truly nothing like it and truly exciting to place for this utah football program that can only continue to get to new heights with some rose bowl with a Rose Bowl championship that could very well be on the horizon. It's going to be something that's fun and interesting to monitor. And we're going to be talking a lot more Rose Bowl as we approach the, that big day on January 2nd here on Locked On Utes. But I do want to shift over to basketball for the duration of this episode because the Utes were involved in, man, it was a thriller, but it just didn't go out in their favor at Vivint when they played the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU currently like 20th in the nation versus Utah TCU everyone knew them from last year because they were able to upset Arizona and they actually have eight of their nine main rotational players from last year's team who came back and are playing on this team and they, look they looked really good out there TCU I mean they forced the Utes into 19 turnovers or overall and I will say some of that is just look Utah being sloppy with the ball it's something that's been an issue for Utah all season long but we also saw this is a team for TCU that was able to dominate the second chance points. They look offensive rebounds look even 13 to 11, but some of those things like the, the amount of tips they were able to get, those don't even count as offensive rebounds when you're able to tip it up back to yourself and just kind of try to tip the ball back in really quickly. That's another thing where it felt like TCU, if you did count those would be even heavier because they dominated second chance points. It was 19 to seven overall in this one. So looking at it from Utah's perspective though, I just think this is, was a great opportunity to get a win that they squandered because if you look at it, it's just Vivint was absolutely rocking tonight at, the, at that game. I was able to be in attendance for it and it was such a great atmosphere. You felt like, and it was one where Utah got down early, was able to battle their way back, back into it. it but I should say back and forth early on, then Utah gets down, but then they battle their way back for it. And so, so much of the second half, it would get close tied up and then TC would stretch the lead and then they'd get close tied up again stretch the lead. And then it felt like that final five minutes is when TC was pretty firmly in control of it. Now Utah made things interesting. I mean, Gabe Madsen was incredible in this one. He shot at 15 threes and made seven of them. Absolutely insane numbers for Madsen. And he had 26, a team high for this Utah football, this Utah basketball program, excuse me, as he was absolutely electric out there, just coming off curl screens and drilling tough shot after tough shot. And we know he's automatic when he's left open and he's such a huge asset for this team. But 
you know, late in those games when teams know that he's going to shoot, it, it can become a little easier to stop him too. And it did feel like Utah needed someone else throughout this game. Marco Anthony did a great job. He was six of eight overall from the field, three of five from the free throw line. That was something that Utah really struggled from. And this one was the free throw line overall on the game. Look, Utah was 62% in this one, but you just look at those free throws, 13 for 21. It's just not good enough if you if you want to beat these elite teams and get these upsets. You've got to be able to knock down free throws at high level. And it's just something Utah was not able to do. Something that was also really frustrating about this one for Utah was the turnovers. I mean, overall, 19 in the game. But specifically, who was turning it over? Because you look at it, Raleigh Wooster, yeah, he had three turnovers. But look, you don't want Raleigh to have three turnovers. But if he, one to two, that's where it's like three, it's like, ah. I mean, he's the primary ball handler, right? But what can't happen is Gabe Madsen, five turnovers. Stefanovic. Four turnovers in this one. Those two guys combining for nine turnovers can't happen. I know they get tasked with bringing the ball up and kind of starting to run the offense and do a couple of those little things too, but you just can't have them turnovers and win these games against these high-level teams. It's something we saw. Utah was just the brand of basketball they played against Arizona. That was something that we wanted to see continue. And these last two games against BYU and then against TCU here, it feels like he got away from you. And you can tell Coach Smith was frustrated in the post-game presser, too, because he knows they let one get away. And you see those moments and those mistakes. Um, Kebakita, frustrating game for the frustrating outing for him in this one. He ended up having three fouls, um, didn't get a shot off in this one. And you could tell he was just the speed of the Horn Frogs was a huge difference. The, the speed of their guards, just the pace they play at. I mean, they dominated in transition. They scored 17. Are, they outscored the Utes in transition overall in this one. I mentioned the second chance points overall, but those fast break points were 16 to four in favor of the Horned Frogs. So lopsided number there that really put the Utes in a hole in that mark. And we know this Utah defense doesn't force turnovers at a high level because look, Marco Anthony, very strong individual defender. But outside of that, I mean, I like Brandon Carlson as a rim protector, but I don't. I don't think teams are terrified to attack the rim when Brandon Carlson is on the inside. And as I mentioned, I think he can. Sh- swat shots and do some really good things in there but i don't think he's scaring people away from attacking inside too so this utah defense is doesn't have those elite shutdown stopper guys so they do give up some points on the other end we know and it's something that is going to be a struggle for this team on the season and it's going to be interesting to see how they balance it out we're going to talk a little bit more about this game against tcu in a moment but first want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu Guys, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but interest rates and inflation are both on the rise as if we hadn't noticed. Well, here's some good news. UCCU can help you use this current rise in rates to your advantage. For a limited time, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. What's a savings certificate? Is that like a savings account? A savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money time but here's the difference savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawal but a savings certificate you just make one deposit then let your money grow and grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account how much higher let's just say a lot higher you can also get a savings certificate for as little as 500 making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver big or small so make sure you guys check this out at UCCU where they'll allow you to jump up to your interest rate once anytime during the life of your certificate. That way, if yields continue to rise, you have the option to jump up to an even higher yield, which makes it a great savings tool in the rising interest rate environment. So visit UCCU.com to learn more and check out their variety of terms and options to match your specific need. It's a limited time offer. Once again, 15 months savings certificate with that incredibly high APY of 4.00%. So head over, get your savings certificate today and visit uccu.com or uccu store, uccu, love where you bank. 
So jumping back into this Utah basketball game against TCU and just a couple of the things that continue to be an issue for this Utah team. I mentioned the turnovers. Um, we Mike Saunders logging logging a DNP once again. Um, it's disappointing because it's this situation with Mike is starting to feel a lot like the Dave Jenkins situation last year to me, and they're totally different players. But Dave, um, and while Raleigh started the season all the way, Dave started last season for Utah and then started to lose his minutes like that. Both players transferred into this Utah basketball program. Lost, we're logging DNPs kind of in December. And then I feel like what's going to happen is we are going to see Mike back in the rotation, but I worry it's going to be like Dave was last year, where it just seemed like things never clicked again. It just seemed like there was a disconnect between Coach Smith and him. And look, we heard him say that when it comes to Mikey Saunders, he just he'd been playing the guys he feels like given the best opportunity to win games. And it just does Mike obviously isn't at that point where Coach Smith feels that way, but man, I really would like to see him get more of a chance out there. And I think Boston Holt does some nice things too, but we know the ceiling is higher with Mike Saunders, and I think he should be out there and getting those minutes and those opportunities more. And we don't know all the reasons why that is. We don't know if something happened, but it just feels like this Utah team desperately needs a true backup point guard. I think Stefanovic can do some nice things, but I don't think he is an outstanding. I think that the second best passer on this team is Marco Anthony. You saw it with a number of beautiful feeds inside to Brandon Carlson and Another thing, too, in this game that led to Utah's loss is Brandon Carlson struggling. I mean, he only was able to get off five shots overall, scored six points there, but really didn't get anything off from the three. He actually didn't take a three-pointer in this one for him. You could tell it was a little bit of a struggle for him trying to get his outside shot work and hit, hit one mid-range shot that was nice to see at the elbow, but it was a tough game for him inside, and he struggled, of course. I mean, when you're dealing with a center like Lampkin, I mean, that's a lot of size on the other end. So that is tough to contain and battle with. So I understand inside there were some of those opportunities, but it just, you could tell he just struggled to really establish himself in the paint. Some of that's Utah failing to get the ball to him. Some of those turnovers, a lot of those turnovers actually come from Utah trying to feed it into the post or just in transition. Utah turn it over because they are a little bit out of control. I feel like it would help to have Mike in in those situations. And whatever reason Coach Smith doesn't feel that way right now, hopefully those guys can get on the same page again because I, I do feel like they could use each other, and I feel like they would really help each other out in these kind of situations where you need more of a traditional backup point guard. Also, speaking of backup point guard or just something else with this Utah team we've talked about a couple times now is it feels like late in these games, close games are going to be tough for Utah because they don't have the guy to go get a basket. You could say, Brandon Carlson, it's really hard for a center to be that. It's why we see so many times in the NBA, this best. when's the last time the best team that won their best player was a center? Yes, Tim Duncan was a really dominant power forward, but even in some of those ones, they would go. We're going to Tony Parker late. You're looking at what Kawhi can do late in some of those situations too. So it just it's basketball in those close situations. You want to go on the outside because especially down low, it's easier to double. It's easier easier to foul. Refs swallow their whistles late in games because they want guys to play. So it's hard to get away with that when in the paint is already such a physical situation. So I think it's really hard to go in the post in those situations. So you want someone who can attack from the outside and on the perimeter. Well, you could be saying Gabe Madsen, but the hard part with Gabe is is he's such a shooter. He doesn't attack as much off the dribble Gabe's not a guy you're going to give it to up top and then clear out and let him go to work now I do I like giving the ball in Marco's hands but Marco's another guy too where it feels like his best offense is with him having his back to the basket being able to turn around post up and fade away and those are tough to go to in, in game sometimes too it's tough to feed that when you can dribble into it and then start backing him down that's different but we saw late in the game, Stefanovic got a turnover, tried to feed it into Marco Anthony, and Marco had the size advantage, but the guard for the Horn Frogs were just able to slip under him and able to take the ball away. So just a number of things this Utah basketball team has to continue to work on. 
And like I said, it's just such a bummer because the atmosphere was so great for this game. And I think there's been a lot of push and a lot of talk about getting fans back into the Huntsman this season. What does this team need to do? And it's so unfortunate that their best win came in a game that was completely overshadowed the next night because Utah repeated his Pac-12 champions and knocked USC out of the college football playoff and just an incredible performance. And yes, people remember the Arizona game, but it didn't give the attention or the hype it deserved because so much of the focus and the crowd wasn't even outstanding because so much of the crowd also was already at the football game. So it's just a difficult thing for this team. And you, I saw Marco Anthony tweet after the game. He appreciate he loved the atmosphere and I thought it was great and wants to see that continue in the Huntsman. And I genuinely hope it does, but I think it's going to be hard because you continue, you look at this game and I think some fans are going to be like same old Utes and it's, it's, they're not the same old Utes because they've done things like they beat in Arizona. You can see the progress they've made. It feels like this is a really good TCU team and they were playing with them for so much of the game, but it still feels like they have a couple of things they need to do till they are ready to be one of the five best teams in the conference. And I think that's what people mean when they kind of say, Oh, same old Utes is it's like, it's still, there's progress being made, but in the end, they're still going to let you down a little bit. And that's, what's going to be interesting to see once conference play kicks in, in full swing, because Utah is still two and zero in conference play, done a lot of positive things, but whenever you kind of close this um, pre Christmas stretch going zero and two against two, Decent teams. I, I don't know how good BYU is still. I mean, we saw the loss to Utah Valley. It still doesn't feel like they're they're the best program. And look, TCU, I feel like, is a top 20 team, but they've been very up and down. And when you get them in Vivint, traveling all the way out to Salt Lake, it's a game you should win, in my opinion. And it was tough to see this Utah team go down the way they did with so many turnovers, with the lack of foul shooting when they needed it to, to be. The amount of offensive rebounds or critical situations where Utah would get beat it's a tough thing for this team, and they're still working through a lot of things. They're still a young team overall, even though they got guys like Marco Anthony and Brandon Carlson. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all shakes out for Utah basketball this season. But in this one, they do fall to the Horn Frogs 75-71. But Utah fans can't be too bummed because, once again, how much talent were they able to add during signing day? It's absolutely unbelievable. So it was still a great week to be a Ute, as it always is because of this class. And we're going to come back tomorrow on Locked on Utes and wrap it up with a special Christmas-themed episode. We're talking about our Christmas list for Utah athletics here on Locked on Utes. Also, if you're in the market for a second listen every day, we encourage you to check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest take of the day, the biggest game recaps, the biggest stories in sports. It's all available on Locked on Sports today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for making Locked on Utes your first listen every day, and we'll see you tomorrow.